Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Croc Attack podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things crocodilian related with a focus on human crocodile conflict issues. So for this episode, I went to Reddit to ask people on the Crocodiles Reddit page what topics they would like me to discuss in this episode. So I got a few responses. Um, Some of them I I don't know enough about, uh, such as... uh, uh, the legality of, of keeping captive crocodiles and other captive-related issues. Since I'm, I, you know, I work exclusively with wild crocodilians, I don't know a lot about that stuff, and um, it, it doesn't really interest me that much. Um, so I can't really answer any of those questions. But there were a few questions that I could. I figured I could answer shortly enough to kind of do a f- few of them in one single episode, rather than having to dedicate a whole episode to one topic. At least this time, uh, perhaps some of the other. Um, recommendations can be done next time on larger podcasts so that I can actually focus on one topic. But on this one, I'm going to go over a few of the things that were asked just briefly. So here we go. Okay, so the first question was about the Ramri Island incident in Myanmar that occurred during World War II. So I'm sure probably all of you are familiar with this incident, but if you're not, Um, Basically what happened, or what is claimed to have happened, is that um, nearly 1,000 Japanese soldiers were killed by saltwater crocodiles after being forced into, or basically being flanked by British troops and forced to cross um, quite a distance of mangrove swamp separating Ramri Island from the mainland. And basically it claims that uh, around a thousand soldiers, Japanese soldiers, entered the mangroves, and only twenty came out the other side. Now, there's a lot that doesn't make sense about this, just without even um, knowing the facts. Um, first and foremost, there wouldn't have been enough large saltwater crocodiles in those mangroves to kill that many people in that short amount of time. Um, saltwater crocodiles are very territorial species. Um, You only have a certain number of large males per area. Um, There's not going to be that many crocodiles that would be capable of killing um, adult humans. Um, They're just naturally a much lower density species than something like the Nile crocodile. So it's just that many people, we're talking, you know, 980 people, there wouldn't have been enough large crocodiles to kill that many people. And it's not like one large crocodile is going to kill a person and then go kill another person, then go kill another. They're going to grab a person, drown them, and then, you know, stash them somewhere or feed on them. Um, so that that alone uh, should have raised a lot of red flags immediately. It just doesn't make a lot of sense uh, if you know anything about saltwater crocodiles. Um, and I'm talking even if that area was at full capacity of saltwater crocodiles at the time, meaning, you know, it was very healthy population with a lot of crocodiles around, which it may not have been. We don't know for sure what the status of crocodiles was in Ramri at the time. We do today, and I'll go into that a little bit later. Um, so this is something that has been covered before quite quite a while ago, back in 1998. Uh, Steve Platt um, published a paper on um, called the Ramri Island Incident Revisited, and uh, and he found that there was only evidence for 10 to 15 people having been killed by saltwater crocodiles. So out of that thousand or so, only 10 to 15 were appeared to have been killed by um, by crocodiles. Um, the remainder were likely drowned, um, 
committed suicide. Obviously, um, Japanese soldiers um, um, would would often commit suicide uh, instead of surrendering. Um, disease, uh, even sharks, uh, probably not as many as crocodiles, but sharks are there as well. Uh, but the biggest is probably gunfire, British gunfire, um, killing a lot of them. And many escaped. And some, uh, you know, and then you have the 20 that were, that were um, captured. So 10 to 15 killed by crocodiles. It's possible more were killed. I mean, obviously getting a, an accurate um, uh, rundown of every victim um, is impossible. Um, especially during World War II, but it's certainly possible that more were killed, but 10 to 15 is, is you know, the estimate, so very, very low compared to what um, was claimed. Um, I, I know that this was at one time in the um, Guinness Book of World Records, and it has since been removed because uh, it was challenged, and uh, yeah, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. Kind of reminds me of the, uh, the seven-meter crocodile that was uh, put into the Guinness Book of Records, and then also challenged. Um, Ron Whitaker um, had mentioned that, that yeah, those that, that it's based on somebody looking at the crocodile, and, and there's no accuracy to that at all. So, um, especially given that they were inexperienced in actually measuring crocodiles. So yeah, it's an, another example of of Guinness kind of publishing something before it's been vetted very well. But anyways, yeah, so 10 to 15 people potentially more, but not significantly more. So, um, yes, it was nowhere near what is, what has been claimed to have occurred. Um, sadly today, saltwater crocodiles are extinct on Ramry Island. Um, Platt went again to Ramry Island and did some surveys. I believe it was in the early 21st century. I believe the paper came out in 2006. Um, and they found one, I think it was an infertile nest, so there was possibly one female hanging around, but no other evidence. They found no slides, uh, no other nests, and obviously no, um, they didn't actually see any crocodiles. So at the time, there may have been one female with no males, but um, nothing since then as far as I know. So it is believed that at the very least functionally extinct there, but probably fully extinct. Um, and this is mostly due to hide hunting that occurred after World War II and throughout the later half of the uh, 20th century. So yes, uh, a sad end for saltwater crocodiles on Ramry Island and the entire uh, the entire uh, western coast of Myanmar, actually. There, there are no saltwater crocodile populations remaining anywhere along the uh, western coast of Myanmar. And as a matter of fact, throughout most of southeast mainland Southeast Asia, saltwater crocodiles are extinct. They're extinct in Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand, um, and in Myanmar, they're only present today in Mein Malakun Wildlife Sanctuary, which is in the Irrawaddy River Delta. Um, and that's by far the largest population in mainland Southeast Asia. And then they're also present in the Tanantari Division of Myanmar, which is along the border with uh, the Renong um, province of Thailand. And uh, in that area, we don't really know what the status is. We just know they're there because people are being attacked by crocodiles there and uh, crocodiles are being captured. And Platt himself did one survey of a river there back in 2013, and they found uh, a few adults, adult crocodiles in the river, and they recorded one fatal attack at a village um, along that river. So they're definitely there. They're in some of the islands. I know Can Ma Island um, in the uh, Mike, I think it's Meek or Mike Archipelago, Canma um, Island uh, definitely has crocodiles. That's where a lot of the records are coming from. And then they're on the mainland as well. But um, 
yeah, they're extinct in a lot of other areas. Uh, in Peninsular Malaysia, they still have crocodiles, but but yeah, uh, much of Southeast Asia, it's really bad. Um, and, and then South Asia, you know, India has uh, Bitarkanika is the only really large population. Actually, Bitarkanika would be the largest saltwater crocodile population in all of mainland Asia. And really, Bitarkanika and uh, Myanmala Kyun in Myanmar and the Sundarbans to a lesser extent, um, are the only areas in mainland Asia that really have um, viable saltwater crocodile populations. You know, it's it's bad. The, the species is is really on the way out in, in mainland Asia. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, that's just a little bit of information to add on to the Ramray Island incident. Uh, I hope that answers your question. So, let's see what's next. Okay, so next is a question about Gustav, or my thoughts on Gustav. Uh, so I've talked about this before uh, in my former video podcast, and uh, I believe I've discussed it with a former host in the past, but I don't recall. But I guess I can do it one more time, one last time, for those of you that have missed it, or um, perhaps I didn't cover it well enough at the time. So um, for those of you who don't know, Gustav is a claimed... Um, exceptionally large Nile crocodile found in Lake Tanganyika, uh, specifically in the Burundian portion of Lake Tanganyika, um, which is uh, in Africa, obviously, Burundi. Uh, Lake Tanganyika borders Burundi, Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, Zambia, and I believe Malawi, if I recall. I'd have to check that. But any in any case... Um, yeah, I mean, in, in recent years, I've recorded a lot of attacks along the um, Democratic Republic of Congo portion of Lake Tanganyika. Uh, a few from Burundi, but mostly from, from the DRC. It seems to be they have a very severe problem with, with crocodiles there, um, uh, especially in the Fizi territory, I think is how it's pronounced, um, F-I-Z-I. Uh, they have a really bad problem with, with Nile crocodile attacks. Um and in many different areas, not just in one area. Um, any any Nile crocodile, you know, over two meters can, can potentially kill a person. So um, it doesn't take a giant crocodile. But in any case, uh, Gustav, there's not really, not only is there not really any evidence for 300 people being killed, which is what is claimed, um, there's no evidence that he really exists. There are a few photos online but these photos all show different crocodiles. If you look at them closely, they're all different crocodiles. There's a video, and that's also a different crocodile. These aren't the same crocodiles. Some of them do not even appear to be in Burundi, uh, some of the videos. And they basically, a lot of this stuff comes from a, a documentary or a couple of documentaries that were on TV many, many years ago. I think decades ago, actually. And some of this footage is just stock footage of large crocodiles next to smaller crocodiles. Uh, they don't... They make it look like it's Gustav, but it's just, it, and it's irresponsible because it's implying that it's Gustav, but it's actually not. The, as far as I know, there's only one um, photo slash video that um, has been claimed repeatedly to show Gustav, and um, I'm sure many of you are familiar with the photo I'm talking about, and that's it. And the crocodile in that photo, while large, is not um, record-breaking in size at all just by looking at it. The thing is with Nile crocodiles, Nile crocodiles are much heavier on average than saltwater crocodiles. So a four meter Nile crocodile will resemble a five meter saltwater crocodile in girth. 
Um, and a lot of times girth can be very misleading. That's another reason why sometimes up here in the Northern Territory, people uh, overestimate saltwater crocodile sizes when a crocodile has been feeding very well or if people have been feeding it a lot, like some of the crocodiles in the Adelaide River or in captivity because the crocodiles get really bulky and overweight and it makes them look a lot bigger than they actually are. I mean, they're bigger, but they're not longer. And that's, that's the thing that, that's the important point to get across. Um, so Nile crocodiles do not get as long as saltwater crocodiles. And therefore, ultimately, they aren't as heavy when it comes to the largest individuals because the largest Nile crocodile on record is not going to be as heavy as the largest saltwater crocodile on record because it's a full meter larger. Um, well, the largest on record is less than a full meter larger, but it's significantly larger. Um, but in any case, so the photo does not show an exceptionally large animal. It just shows kind of a, a Nile crocodile that looks to be in the four and a half to five meter range, which is very, very large, but not record breaking. Um, secondly, I actually um, was contacted by a, um, a company that was doing, wanted to do a documentary on Gustav back in 2015. And um, they wanted to go to Burundi and they wanted me to be their host. The main problem was that there was a lot of, um, obviously, uh, civil unrest in Burundi at the time. I'm not sure what, like, what it's like now. And they were worried about safety and ultimately it just fell through. Um, because uh, we, we were also thinking about going into the DRC, but that also was even worse apparently at the time. So everything just fell through. The, the Every production company was... They wouldn't touch it because it's just too dangerous. But anyways, I had to do a lot of research beforehand to try to get the thing off the ground. And I talked to some people who were a part of the original, I guess, the 2004 investigation by Nat Geo. And the thing they told me is that they were very suspicious that that um, the number of people claimed to have been killed was, had been killed. As a matter of fact, they didn't think it was even anywhere even close to the number. And they were also um skeptical whether Gustav existed or whether they had just seen a a large crocodile in the area and decided to blame um, all any and all deaths on that crocodile, which has happened in the past. Uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they, they said that basically once they started asking about uh, deaths, everyone suddenly knew someone who had been killed by Gustav. And you know, just everybody, all these people came out of the woodwork claiming they had a relative or a friend or somebody they knew had been killed by Gustav. And when they tried to investigate these reports, most of them were dead ends, meaning that what happened, much more likely, is that people heard that, you know, there was going to be a big film crew there and that, you know, people obviously wanted attention. So um, they started making up stories or, or maybe multiple rep records of the same incident. So, um, they don't believe the number of deaths is anywhere near 300, um, vastly lower number. Um, we have no idea what number, but, but much, much lower and unlikely to have been caused by a single crocodile, rather probably multiple different crocodiles. Um, it's possible that a single large animal was responsible for some deaths, um, but oftentimes um, people will try to find um the scariest looking animal, you know, and, and blame it for, for any and all incidents. Um, we know that, you know, in Sarawak in the uh, 1980s up until 1992, uh, Bujang Sanang was blamed for, I think, 13 deaths. And uh, we only know for sure that he was responsible for one. It's certainly possible that he was responsible for more. Um, I know in at least a couple incidents they claim to have witnessed it. 
But um, but yeah, at least one. But all 13, that's questionable. I mean, to this day, fatal attacks still occur along the river uh, where Bujang Sinang was was active. Uh, the the uh, Batang Lupar River in Sarawak, you know, there's, there's still it's still an attack hotspot. Uh, fatal attacks still occur there. Um, and they occurred long before Bujang Sinang. So there's, there's no reason that he had to be responsible for every incident. But he was 5.7 meters and uh, one of the largest saltwater crocodiles ever actually measured. And that is scary to people. And obviously, it, um, you know, that you, you build a legend off that. And that may be what's happened with, with the Gustav thing. Although in Gustav's case, we don't even know for sure that the individual even exists. Um, so yeah, that's my take on it. I mean, I, I contacted the rangers in Burundi at the time to get information because we knew that it was very unlikely that we would actually find the animal, um, if there was an animal that, that, um, was responsible for the attacks, Gustav. So, um, I asked the rangers, you know, do you, have you seen any large crocodiles at all? Because they at least wanted to get footage of a large crocodile. Um, and the rangers told me that the most recent survey they had done at the time in 2015 they had only seen two crocodiles in the Rusizi River Delta where um, Gustav was claimed to be active. And both those crocodiles were around two meters in length. And the rangers were were skeptical of um, Gustav's existence at all. So it's all questionable. Um, I don't know you know, what how experienced those surveyors were. Um, there may have been other crocodiles hiding around. But um, but again, none of this. There's again no evidence that 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 Gustav was responsible for all those deaths, and very little evidence of his existence at all. Um, so yeah, that's um, really all we know about about this this stuff right now. Um, I'm very skeptical myself. Maybe we'll know more in the future. But as of now, those are the facts. So I hope that answers your question sufficiently. Okay, so there's a really cool question about um, technologies or anything else that's in the pipeline for the future um, to mitigate human-crocodile conflict. Now, I think that is worth a whole episode to talk about, so I'm not going to go into that now. But part of this individual's question I can go into now, which is um, examples of people and crocodiles coexisting um, without much conflict. Um, I think that's something I can go into quickly, whereas the uh, the technology stuff, there's a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline. There's a lot of stuff I'm, well, not, I'm not working on technology. I'm working on more of the social aspect, but other people are working on the technology. So we're combining both those together in the future. Hopefully we can mitigate a lot of these um uh, rising conflict incidents because that's that's what I primarily work on and uh, my goal is to mitigate conflict in a way that benefits both humans and crocodiles because the last thing I want to see is um, further range reductions for saltwater crocodile because um, we've already had severe range um, reductions as I talked about earlier with them. Um, mainland Asia, and, uh, you know, we don't want that to, to continue elsewhere, and, uh, you know, in the future, it would be really sad if saltwater crocodiles only remained in Australia and New Guinea. Um, that would be really tragic, but in any case, um, let's talk about areas where crocodiles, specifically, I'm going to go into dangerous, potentially dangerous species, because there's obviously a lot of crocodile species that are, um, well, none of them are harmless, but there's some that just aren't, you know, conflict is very rare, so that's easy to find examples. But I figured it'd be easy to talk about areas where, you know, saltwater crocodiles, mugger crocodiles, and Nile crocodiles, which are the three most dangerous species that have conflict with people the most often, um, areas where people coexist with them with um, very few issues. Um, so with the saltwater crocodile, there's 
I can think of three locations, and I have um, theories as to why there's so little conflict in these areas. Um, that would be Palau in Micronesia, very little conflict, um, Peninsula Malaysia, and Singapore. So let's get the easiest one out of the way first, Singapore. Um, nobody uses the waterways, in, at least the waterways that have crocodiles in them, in Singapore. Singapore is extremely wealthy nation. Um, people living in Singapore, I mean, I believe it has the, um, uh, the highest cost of living, at least, uh, I don't know if it's in the world or, or something like that. It's very high. It was up there with, um, with um, you know, uh, Zurich. So it, very, very high cost of living. So you're not having much in the way of um, subsistence, actually have no subsistence uh, fishing or uh, people using crocodile-inhabited waterways for bathing, washing clothes, collecting water. There's literally no dependency on um, crocodile-inhabited waterways in Singapore for, um, for human needs. So that's simple. I mean... There's no people in the crocodile habitat except for tourists that are on bridges and stuff like that. And crocodile is the only large population, or it's not even large, but significant population in Singapore is in Sungi Below Wetland Reserve, which is on the northeastern coast. And yeah, they have bridges and, you know, walkways going through there. And there have been a few times where things could have happened. I mean, crocodiles have come out onto the walkways and bast, but it seems like nobody's really harassing them, at least not yet. Um... Perhaps there are um, harsher um, penalties for doing that in Singapore. I'm not sure, or perhaps it's a cultural thing. Although there's a lot of you know a lot of uh, foreign visitors, so I don't know. They've been lucky in that regard, but um, but yeah, just a lot of the ingredients you have for conflict, uh, poverty, um, human population density along the riverbank, um, and use of the river um, just aren't in Singapore. I mean, obviously Singapore is a very high human population density, but not in the crocodile habitat. And you also you have to think about numbers of crocodiles and size of crocodiles as well. I mean, crocodile population density doesn't, doesn't factor much into crocodile attack frequency, as we've seen in Indonesia, where there's low crocodile population densities and um, very high attack frequencies. But still, in Singapore, you have, you know, I believe they counted something like 20 to 25 crocodiles in Sungi Below last time. I, I, I don't remember. The, they, nobody's published the surveys yet, but I've talked to people who've done surveys there. And there is breeding. And then there are very small numbers of crocodiles scattered throughout the rest of Singapore. And they, they move freely within the Johor Strait. But um, I'm not sure how many really large individuals there are around. The biggest one I've personally seen in Sungi Below when I went there was around three and a half meters. And that would be the famous uh, tailless croc. Um, it would be about three and a half meters or maybe a little more than that um, if it still had its tail. And then the next largest was about three meters. And then there's many that are in the one to, to two meter range. Um, so I never saw any really big crocodiles. There are a few around. I know that um, in the Johor Strait and Johor, they occasionally will photograph a crocodile in the four to four and a half meter range. But, but yeah, um, there haven't been any attacks in Singapore since 1989. And in 1989, it was just a freak incident with a fisherman being bit in the leg um, and survived. Uh, and there were almost certainly fewer crocodiles in Singapore in 1989 than there are now. Um, and then before that, nothing since the 1950s. And nobody's been killed in Singapore since the 1940s. Um, so yeah, a lot of it, I believe, has to do with the lack of poverty. 
and um, and a lack of people using the waterways on a consistent basis. And I think that's also similar to peninsular Malaysia. Um, I I think that peninsular Malaysia, there's not as much um, reliance on the waterways as there is in in some of the more remote parts of Indonesia and uh, and, uh, Malaysian Borneo. Um, there's still more reliance than there is in uh, Singapore, and there have been some non-fatal incidents in Peninsular Malaysia in recent years, but nobody's been killed in Peninsular Malaysia in a very long time. At least it hasn't been reported in quite a long time. And there appear to be decent crocodile densities uh, along some of the rivers in, in Peninsular Malaysia. Not huge, but but not bad. You know, better than, some, better than some of the areas where attacks are very frequent in Indonesia. So... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm guessing it has to do with less reliance on the waterways, but maybe something else is going on. Uh, that would be very a very interesting thing to investigate. Um, I don't think the populations are as large, large as uh, Sarawak's in Borneo or Sabah's, but uh, Asaba. But, uh, but they're definitely not small in a lot of these uh, rivers in Peninsular Malaysia. So it'd be interesting to look into that. As far as Palau, um, Palau's a very interesting situation because it's, it's, a, you know, it's isolated way out there. Um, uh, there's not a lot of natural prey. There's, I mean, there's fish, but you don't, you know, there's no real terrestrial prey. And from what I understand, there's just not a lot of large crocodiles around. Um, when they did surveys, I believe it was in 2009, was it? Something like that. It was in the early uh, 21st century. Um, uh, the largest crocodile they found was three meters, and that was only one individual. So there's not a lot of big crocs around. So the risk of fatal attack is going to be low in uh, Palau. But there's only been one non-fatal incident um, within decades, and that was in 2012, where a, a man was uh, bitten on the hand uh, while snorkeling, if I recall correctly, um, off of, uh, I think it was Camp Beck, which is a, a dock area. I believe it's in the southern part of Palau. Um but, um, but yeah, so no conflict there. Uh, th- there was a fatal attack in 1965, um, and then a non-fatal one in 1964, and then apparently prior to that, in the early 20th century, um, there, there were, you know, a lot of fatal attacks. But yeah, nothing, nothing recent, and I'm not sure what the reason is for that. I mean, we've got, I would say it's the number of crocodiles, but they, there appears to be a decent population, um, and, uh, not as big as some other areas, but certainly larger than a lot of these Indonesian areas where there's frequent fatal attacks. Um, it could be the size of crocodiles, but the size of crocodiles is just going to reduce the number of fatalities, not the number of attacks overall. I mean, um, there's a lot of attacks by by crocodiles that are smaller than three meters, but they're non-fatal in a lot of areas with saltwater crocodiles. So that wouldn't really explain it either. I mean, in, there's a place in Lampung... Um, called the Simaka River, and there's, there's, there must be at least 20 attacks, or I think there's 22 in the attacks in the last, like, three years, or some ridiculous amount, I don't know the exact numbers, it's something like that, in this one little area, uh, the Simaka River, um, it's in the southern Lampung, and none of them have been fatal, because they all involve crocodiles in the one and a half to, to two meter range, um, so obviously size doesn't mean there's going to be fewer attacks, it just means the severity of the attack. The attacks is going to be different, but but yeah, we don't see that in, in Palau at all. So I don't really know what's going on there. I, I I used to think it had something to do with size, but I I don't I don't know. You know, um, it's it's a mystery. It'd be interesting to uh, investigate that further. Um, could be cultural. Maybe people don't use um, the waterways where crocodiles are present. Um, so yeah, it would be something interesting to look into. I'm sure there are also examples of uh, Nile crocodiles. Um, 
you know, South Africa doesn't have a ton of attacks, although they have recently. Um, but so that's not really a great example. But, you know, attacks aren't as frequent as in other parts of, um, of Africa. Uh, Botswana doesn't appear to have as many attacks as, as like some of the neighboring countries for, for whatever reason. Egypt definitely doesn't have many attacks at all. Attacks by Nile crocodiles are very rare in, in Egypt. Um, of course, in Egypt, they're currently restricted to Lake Nasser um, in the southern portion of the country. But apparently they're quite, you know, the population is, at least the least last time that um, uh, I had heard about it, it was doing quite well. And that may have changed, but I only know of one fatal attack on Lake Nasser, and that occurred in 1999. Um, so they, they appear to be very rare there uh, for whatever reason. It may, you know, again, could be size, could be just people aren't using it because it's a much more arid region, maybe there's just fewer humans around. Uh, you have a very low human population density. Uh, attacks tend to be less frequent. I mean, look at the Kimberley region of um, Western Australia. Uh, attacks on humans are extremely rare um, because you just, there's just not, there's just no people around. You know, you have Kununurra is basically the only population, major population center in, um, in Western, well, in the Kimberley. And, uh, and, it's a, and it itself is a, just a tiny little town. So there's just not really much out there. Um, as a matter of fact, the, the biggest issue in Western Australia with, with uh, crocodile attacks is going to be uh, Indonesian fishermen coming down from Rote um, Island um, being um, attacked by crocodiles. Is, um, in, less, in October of 2023, there were two attacks on Indonesian fishermen, one of them fatal in Western Australia, uh, that were not recorded by Australian authorities because... Uh, they didn't know about it. Um, I only knew about it because of my uh, contacts in Indonesia had told me that um, these, uh, in one case, the, the victim was treated in, uh, in, I believe, in Kupang. In the second case, they actually brought the victim's body back for the fatal attack. Uh, and they, you know, they, they told the authorities that it had happened in Western Australia. And there are rumors of more. I know there was a news article that came out recently in Australia claiming there were two other deaths in December. So, um, but that's obviously not a crocodile issue. That's an illegal fishing issue. So, um, yeah, so I think that human population density um, can play a major role in that. But in any case, yeah, so there's an example. There's some examples of uh, crocodiles and humans coexisting with minimal conflict. Conflict. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I hope I answered your questions good enough. Um, yeah, next time we'll go into the... Uh, human crocodile conflict technology and uh there was another question about uh you know cultural depictions of crocodiles throughout history that's another really good one um that'll be definitely another episode um val plumwood's ordeal i i have to go refresh on it i know the basics but if you want me to go in real detail on that i can i can um go look at all the details i have the whole official write-up i'll just have to go look through it. we can go over that as well but uh yeah that'll be some good stuff for future episodes. Um, I hope you enjoyed this one. I'm going to try to get these done more frequently. Um, got a lot of work coming up, but I should be able to do these from time to time. So yeah, thanks for listening.